Welcome to Fireside Knicks. My name is Alex, my co-host here, Brett Hanfling. Knicks coming off a big win against the Philadelphia 76ers on Monday evening. Of course, no Joel Embiid or Tobias Harris. So the Knicks kind of got away with one there, having a couple of players out. But as Brett told me before the show, he kind of hoped Embiid would play. We want to get more evaluation, more of a look about this team. Um, I'm curious to hear what you have to think about that game. Yeah, so um, listen, you play who who comes across the court. And, um, you know, Joel Embiid was out, Tobias Harris out, also Matisse Thibel out, a good defender. Um, you know, was uh, Joel out, you know, so it was announced he was going to rest, but then it was announced he had COVID. But was he going to rest because of that two for seven shooting performance versus Mitchell Robinson two weeks ago? Who am I to say? Probably not. Um, but, you know, the Knicks take care of business. Um, you know, it wasn't a pretty game. It wasn't a, that exciting of a game. They, you know, they got up early. They gave up. You know, they sort of blew that lead like we've been doing a bunch of games. But, you know, they took care of business in the fourth quarter, led by Julius Randle, um, who really needed to step up. 31 points, 5 of 10 from 3, um, 12 of 25 from the field, some big buckets down the stretch. And the Knicks got it done. You know, a nice win by 7 versus, you know, banged up Philly team, but in Philly. And uh, it's a good win coming off coming off a loss versus Cleveland. Yeah, they needed a big performance in Julius Randle here, and he provided just that. As you said, 31 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists. He shot 50% from 3-point range, 12 of 25 from the field over 36 minutes. The rest of the team, otherwise, was not very good. Noel, of course, had a solid defensive game. Um, he got knocked out about the halfway point due to the uh, the knee sprain. Um, so we'll give some more information once that comes up uh, this week. And then you have Evan Fournier, who had 11 points. One for four from three. And really the only other player that stood out to me was Emmanuel Quickly, who's finally shooting really, really well. He shot 75% against Philadelphia and 40% against Cleveland. So he's finally show, starting to show signs of life here this season. You know, started off pretty slow. But when Emmanuel Quickly is playing well, the Knicks just look better. He's a solid defender now. Um, he's been taking a lot of tips from Drew Holiday. Um, who's a really, really great uh, guard, you know, defender, one of the best in the league. So he's been going to, to him and saying, you know, what can you offer me? What kind of tips can you offer? And um, basically he was like high intensity effort. That's what you need to do when you're playing, uh, when you're playing this point guard, shooting guard position, because the Knicks have been really, really beaten up by kind of other teams that aren't great three-point shooting teams. Like Cleveland shot 54%. Of course, Ricky Rubio went parabolic, hitting eight of nine three-pointers. But, you know, it's just yeah. they, their perimeter guarding hasn't been great. Just to piggyback off that, yeah, there was a stat going into last night. I don't know how it changed. The Knicks' opponents led the league in wide-open threes, which they classify as no one within six feet. Um, that's strange for a Tom Thibodeau team. But, it, you know, hearing that stat and watching the game sort of made sense. We've let up a lot of threes. Um, the Rubio threes actually weren't wide open. Rubio, this is the Ricky Rubio game, um, career high. And, you know, it, it's tough. Some of it's deep. It goes back to what we said last week. Some of it's defense and some of it's good shot making. Um, but just want to go back to quickly. You know, I'm a big quickly fan. You know, we didn't expect that much from him last season. He Going into the season, he really surprised us, gave us three-point shooting, gave us a spark off the bench. This season, he started out with a struggle. Um, you know, the depth chart is bigger. It's tighter. It's tougher to minutes. Um, you know, as a basketball player myself, I know it's tough to get in a rhythm when you're not getting the minutes and when you get those, you know, you know, the eight to 10 minutes a game, every shot just becomes more important and you start to think about it more. You start to feel about it more. So, you know, early in the season, he wasn't getting any type of rhythm. 
Like you said, he was two for five uh, from three last game uh, versus Cleveland, uh, three for four this game. Um, not just hidden threes, like confident threes, off the dribble threes, early in the clock threes. Um, and just give, has given us a real spark the last two games. Then three games, going back to the Milwaukee game. I don't think he quite shot as well in the Milwaukee 33%. game. 33%. Yeah, but he but he was a spark in the Milwaukee game as well. Yeah, no, against Philadelphia, he was a momentum shifter, right? Every time Philadelphia answered or they had a, a small little run, quickly it would come on and he would provide pretty tantalizing defense. His defense has gotten exponentially better, in my opinion. He's really, really uh, doing a good job in press on ball uh, de- defense, and I think that's been a really big part of him getting early minutes this season despite the shooting woes. And his three-point percentage is elevating significantly over the past couple of games. He was a catalyst yesterday. Julius Randle carried that team on his shoulders. He provided the energy. He provided the hustle um, and really gave him that that extra edge, especially in the fourth quarter. <clears throat> but quickly has just looked like a different player in the last couple of games. He's, he looks more confident. And by the way, him and Tyrese Maxey are like identical players. They look and play well, exactly the same. Breen, I, don't, I didn't see anything on this Twitter. Breen actually called quickly Maxey on like a big play. He was like, Maxey down the – down the lane, delivers it to Julius. No one caught Clyde or no one caught it. But, um, yeah, the two Kentucky guards, they were together at the same time. Uh, if you remember, Quitley crossed him up last time we played them, uh, his good buddy, and uh, hit the three. Um, but, yeah, Maxie's a good player. Um, I don't know if he's quite a point guard without um, – you know, they had they had they sort of have him in this point guard role a lot, but he's a good scorer. Um you know, Philly has, has good scores. They have Korkmaz and, and, and Drummond was a beast on the boards. Um, and put 25 points. rebounds. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, they have, um, you know, Niang's a good shooter and, and Seth Curry's a good shooter. They have good shooting. Um, but, you know, we, we definitely limited them to under 100 points is impressive, especially um, so far this season, the Knicks are ranked 25th in defensive efficiency. Um, and they're fourth in offensive efficiency. We talked about this last week, but... That disparity is surprising, but it's a step in the right direction to keep Philly under 100 points. Yeah, I mean, Philadelphia is the top three-point shooting team in the league right now. They're number one. Yeah. And the Knicks, they? Yeah. yeah, they were making teams like Cleveland look really, really good. And I think that they had a pretty solid t- uh, game. I think they held them to about 32% uh, shooting from deep. Yeah, 32.5%. Both teams actually shot 32.5%. They hit the exact same amount on 40 attempts, which is actually pretty insane. That's, yeah. That's, um, <laughs> weird stat. But... For the Knicks here, I'm kind of seeing this team that I don't think has an identity yet, right? They're living and dying by the three on both sides. They're losing games because they're of poor perimeter uh, poor perimeter defense, and they're losing games because of poor three-point shooting. They haven't really established themselves as anything yet, and I think that's like a kind of a concern for me. The hustle hasn't been there, and that's really a big part of playing good defense, just, just hustle and energy, and that's what they had last year. They were going hard all game long and they just give up at times they just don't look like they're hustling um they're just they're out of position they're not they're not closing out shots and i think that that's really what's standing out to me early in the season they're just lacking that bit of energy and i don't know why maybe it's stamina issues um but do you do you have any ideas into why that might be yeah, happening i mean the defensive part it's tough to say i mean the tom timidal led team you know maybe a little bit of how we came out flying and you know, I sort of said it in the second part, third podcast we did. I was like, "This, this is an offensive team," and maybe that sort of got in the in the players' heads as well as they could they could score with these high powered offenses. Um, it's tough to say. You know, teams are hitting shots. 
but we're leaving them open. You know, I, I, I expect it to, to get better. I expect Tibbs to be on them. I expect the players to, you know, take it on, on themselves between Julius and RJ and, and Rose and, 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 you know, these big time players. Um, but, you know, the offensive part of it, I'm, I said it last week, I'm not that worried. Um, we are, you know, we, we, we have lost some games by the three point, but overall we're fifth in three point percentage. So, you know, you'd like it not to be so hit or miss. Um, you like, you know, you like it to be more consistent. So when we have those bad games, we don't lose because of it. But because we're fifth in three point percentage, I expect, you know, it, it to work out more than it doesn't. Um, you know, the lead is going that way. We have the shooters. You know, like we said, quickly is, is is coming alive, and you know I expect it to help us more than it'll hurt us. Well, that's the hope. We need quickly to be playing good because with what comes with Kemba Walker and Derrick Rose's eventual fatigue issues, um, so you're going to need guys like quickly to step in and really you know take over um, and have some big performances and some and some consistent outings. He's young. He's got fresh legs. They need him to be a big part of the team. They need him to be playing ten minutes plus per game, in my opinion, and good basketball too. Like not just. Um, coming in, taking some shots, but you know, handling the ball, passing it efficiently, not always just trying to force up three-point shots. Sometimes he gets a little overzealous and just tries to heave up, heave up shots, and that's when he's playing his worst. Yesterday, he was taking clean looks. He was getting into good positions. He was taking efficient shots, and I think that's what really separated uh, this past performance from the others. Um, and then Cleveland as well was pretty good. Yeah, and uh, you know, I want to talk a little about his, uh, you know, his rookie mate from last year, Obi Toppin. Um, I am a little bit confused. Now, listen, Tibbs won the uh, coach of the year last year. So, you know, I give him slack. And I, overall, I think he's doing a good job. But the OB thing is a little puzzling to me. He played nine minutes last night. He was good in those nine minutes. He scored uh, – he scored – he was two for three. He had a plus 10, plus minus. Now, plus minus could be misleading. Three rebounds, three assists. I think it was just because Randall was playing so well and Taj Gibson was having a pretty decent game. Yeah, I, no, like I said, I'm not overly worried, but I, I think it's a little weird. He's just not a, a rebounder. He's only playing 14 minutes they did it because they, get, they did it because um, Obi Toppin is not a great rebounder. He's not a great rebounder. And they had Andre Drummond in there posting 25 rebounds, eight offensive. They needed a bigger body, and Julius Randle was playing so well, they just didn't need Obi. They just didn't need him, and they, they couldn't utilize him properly because they needed a, a, a legitimate center like Taj Gibson to actually contest. Andre Drummond, because Drummond was just bodying all those young guys, yeah. like talking uh, to come I, in. I, so I get it. It was strategic. I hear you. I hear you. Um, yeah, the only counter to that is I feel like, you know, Toppin could sort of draw Drummond out to the three so he's not clouded in the lane if Drummond's guarding him. And also, Obi, you know, could try to beat Drummond down court when Drummond goes for offensive boards. Like I said, it's not that big of a deal. I'd like to see Obi's minutes just inch up a bit. But I know we have depth, and Taj is playing good, and Mitch is playing good, and Erland's playing good, and Julius is going to play big minutes. Um, so it's going to be tough. I think in a perfect world, Randall is able to be rested like a fair amount during the game. Um, the Knicks are playing consistent, strong basketball, and they can get Obi Toppin more minutes that way. I think that's what they envision. But they've just struggled this to open the year in some categories, like hustle, energy, and Julius Randle is our, it you know represents those things. When he's on the court, he brings energy, he brings physicality and hustle, and they they want somebody else to step up, and really no one's taken over that role. Yeah, I think quickly has done that the last couple of games, which is why they've kind of won against Milwaukee and uh, 
Philadelphia. But otherwise, like, they need another starter. It was R.J. Barrett. His last two games have been pretty bad. Um, but I think that he needs to step – he was that guy for a couple games. They were winning because of it. But they need him to step up again. He's, he's kind of quieting down a bit, but they need him to be consistent. Yeah, just quickly on R.J., he's flat out not had a good game the last two games. shot the ball for um, – but – he had a good stretch before that, and sometimes they don't fall down. You know, I'm not that worried about him. Um, you know, he had a couple of big buckets versus the Bucks. Um, it, it, it's disappointing to see, but I'm confident RJ will bounce back. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about RJ. He's missed a couple three point shots. He was 0 for six against Cleveland. Um, he was two for eight yesterday. So you know, he needs. He's he's a momentum based player. You know, he needs to be hitting shots, and then he's unstoppable. But if he's missing shots, he tends to kind of pile on those misses, um, and he gets in his own head. I think um, confidence wise. So I think he's very much a confidence based player. So if he's playing well, he 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 does well. But the second he hits, he you know has an off game. It kind of reverses the the trend. So hopefully he can bounce back. He needs to forget about those. Like Campbell Walker says, he's gonna kind of have to have a. I think it was maybe it was Derek Rose. Um, you have to have amnesia, some yeah. of these performances, you know, and just forget about it. But, you know, the Knicks right now, in my opinion, still don't have an identity. They're trying to establish that. They need to go back to playing elite level defense, simplify things, guard the perimeter, close out shots, contest them. Like you said, they've not been doing a good job of that, allowing uh, the most points from uncontested three-point shots this year. So kind of disappointing in that area, but I think they, they will take steps forward. Yeah, and um, I think, you know, one last thought is: Listen, the Knicks are seven and four, and they and they have miscues. They have defensive miscues. You know, guys are up and down, and they're still seven and four. So, overall, I'm encouraged by the season. Um, we've had some good wins versus Philly, versus Milwaukee, versus Boston. Even though Boston might not be that good this year, um, I'm encouraged. Seven and four, um, soon to be eight and four after they beat Milwaukee tomorrow. Probably nine and four after they beat um, the Hornets on Friday. So. I'm okay. I'm I'm having fun. <laughs> yeah, me too. We got we got a couple of uh. Well, Milwaukee's gonna be tough on Wednesday, but you know, course, Hornets yeah. Friday. We should we should hopefully uh get a win. But let's keep it going, my friends. You know, Knicks are still in the in the win. They're in the positive right now. They're playing well. They just have a couple things they got to clean up. And knowing Tom Thibodeau, he's gonna whip them up into shape as the as the season goes along. Hopefully, string together some really strong defensive games. Holding Philadelphia to under 100 points is a big win, in my opinion. I um, hope you enjoyed the show, my friends, and enjoy Nick's basketball further. Make sure to subscribe below on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, as always. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Nick's episode.